Hey guys, what's up? This is Caleb Pierce. I have the honor and the privilege of playing Zach Fair in Final Fantasy and Crisis Core, but I also have the honor and privilege of talking with Paul today about all things um, Screamo Rock Band, dentist appointments, <laughs> and Final Fantasy. Uh, so stick around. We had a blast. I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Everybody and welcome back to the Points of Experience podcast. If you forgot who I am, I'm Paul Castro Jr., the host of this crazy, fantastical, beautiful podcast that I've had the pleasure to do over the past year with over 60 episodes recorded with some of the best guests I could have ever imagined in my life. And we are here starting season two with um, kind of a dream guest for me. You all know... As you just heard, I'm a huge Final Fantasy VII fan. I mean, my room is littered with Final Fantasy memorabilia. I've got a clock of uh, Sephiroth, Cloud, and Zach Fair, who we are interviewing today. Caleb Pierce, the voice of Zach Fair. Um, Zach, you're going to hear a lot about why I have been so in love with Zach, why Crisis Core and Final Fantasy VII Advent Children and Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth have been so influential to me in my life. Um, but truly to have the voice of Zach Fair here, Caleb Pierce, who is not only a wonderful and kind and generous human being, but extremely talented and so um, fantastic in this series. Um, really getting to, to experience the reunion of Crisis Core, to see that again in that quality um, with the take that he has brought to the character and to, to see everything that we're seeing so far in Remake and the excitement that I have for Rebirth and everything that I, I can't even imagine what we're in store for. Uh, Caleb truly is a fantastic vessel for bringing uh, Zach to life. And um, really, truly, honestly, one of my most favorite characters of all time. Um, if you don't already know him from his Final Fantasy work, he's also done tons of TV and film. He's been on The Real O'Neills. He's done just so much fantastic work in Secure. Uh, the vo uh, the, he did Timmy Turner in the live action Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd Parents. Um, and he really shares uh, a lot about his journey, what it's like voicing Zack, uh, becoming a part of the Final Fantasy franchise, getting to have this opportunity to work in Remake and Crisis Core and beyond. Um, really great advice. Really um, open, honest conversations about what it's like to be an actor here in Los Angeles. So if any of those things interest you, uh, please stick around. And before you, uh, we get to the segment, Please give us a like and subscribe to the channel here if you're listening on one of your podcast platforms. Uh, leave us a review or like it, subscribe it, whatever the version of that is on wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening from space, we appreciate you. If you're listening from your home or at a workout or on your computer on YouTube, we thank you as well. Thank you for coming along here for the journey. We appreciate you. Season two of the Points of Experience podcast starting with Caleb Pierce, the voice of Zach Fair, coming right at you. Caleb. Thank you so much uh, for coming on this podcast, which is oh, going to be This is amazing. the highlight of my life. I can already oh tell. <laughs> of your life? Wow, wow. High bar here. Um, seriously, High bar. I, 
I, I'm, I'm, my gosh, I hope, I hope it is nearly as good as what you're saying. Um, but like I was telling you before, this is kind of, I'm imagining for people here, this is the first episode since our first season of the points of experience and who better than the voice of one of my favorite characters of all time. And I mean oh. this with full sincerity and I'll get into this in a second. Like Zach, he was such, um, a beloved character for me growing mm-hmm. up and you did such a fantastic job and I'm so excited for everything. And we'll get into all of that stuff. Oh, truly... you're my new favorite person. I... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and I'll give you a little okay. quick before we, before we get into it. I mean, I played final fantasy seven when it came out around that time in 97 or 98. And at that time, Wait, can Jack... I ask, how old were you then? Like 97, 98. Seven. I was seven. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I literally remember begging. I've said this story before because it's kind of the inspiration to my uh, video game aspirations in a way. I had to beg my dad to get me a, a PlayStation, but we couldn't afford it. So I got mm. a used one from oh, my wow. local game store. And Final Fantasy VII was the first game I ever got on my PlayStation. Oh, my and, gosh. And I played that game to death. Like wow. literally, I I I, ha- I can still put myself in the places I was, like w- what was happening around me in my life, playing that game for the first mm-hmm. time. And the cool part about talking with you right now and about Zach is he was such this mysterious figure. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people around my age who were playing the game at the time were like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait who, who is this person? <laughs> wait, back up, back up, right? Yeah, like yeah. what is going on with this character? What you know? Mm. Is he the dude that's sick in Sector Seven? Why are we only getting this one scene in Hojo's right. lab or whatever? All this stuff that existed, and 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 then we get the um, uh." crisis core eventually and then that yeah. became the reason why i bought a psp and oh, wow. i i literally fell in love with zach and then like i i literally bought this game i don't know if you if you've ever heard of it or if anyone's ever mentioned it to you air guys it was a fighting no. game it's a fighting game that square had like sephiroth zach and cloud i there might have been like tifa too but like oh my it was gosh like, i was i was so obsessed with like figuring out like who zach was and yeah for more reasons just than the fact that he looked badass but and we'll, he we'll, does <laughs> yeah. th- then we'll get into that um but truly it's it's really an honor and a privilege to have you on the show um especially with with rebirth and everything that has come out within the mm. past few years so uh thank you long way yeah. of saying thank you and congrats Abs- oh wow paul that was just an amazing story thanks for sharing that and thanks for having <laughs> me on i'm actually really excited to meet you as well oh um, man you've done a ton of vo stuff and i yeah i have some questions for you <laughs> oh well listen i'm an open book so any question i'm, I'm listening here we're, we're gonna have a great conversation but yeah. i would i i would love to just to get to to know you because you've had a really amazing career thus far and i feel mm. like this has been an icing on the cake moment for you yeah, with, with yeah. Rebirth. I, I mean, uh, here we go. First off, you guys just had like a, a launch party type oh of thing gosh. the other day. How was that? It was wild. It was so fun. Um, it was actually yesterday. And you know how there it is go. like doing VO work is you don't get to meet anyone else that you're doing yeah. the games with or, you know, and, and so just meeting people in person for the first time and um, like being able to see our scenes together, but have, having never met the actor was just wild. So it was so, yeah. it was just so joy filled. Um, and yeah, there were, there were um, like incredible um, photo op moments and a buster sword. And just, <laughs> it felt like we were living the game, which was a blast. Amazing. Yeah. So was that kind of the, um, 
Well, you cut. You had Crisis Core reunion before that, but was this right. kind of? This has really been, I think, Zach's moment to take the stage mm. in a way. I feel yeah. like, and we're, we're even seeing it in um, the marketing material for Rebirth. Right. In a way, we're seeing it. <laughs> that we're was seeing crazy it. when I saw yeah. the front cover. I'm like, oh man, it's getting it's getting real. Yeah, which is which is so fun and I think exciting. And I remember reading something where um, obviously. You know, we're not going to talk about spoilers of the game and stuff like that, but there's <laughs> it's been said publicly that we're going to see and learn about Zach and his history or the way that he plays into the storyline in this yeah. game. And that's, I think, something that for me as an OG fan and mm-hmm. for me as a Rebirth fan, I mean, obviously I'm in the game too, to a certain right. small extent, but it, just being a fan of this franchise to take this character that originally was supposed to not even really exist crazy and to yeah. now see the influence that he's had from the love of the fans and from the love of the way that the character is written has got to be yeah. it's got to be amazing for you to, to i mean be- i think that's a big reason um why he's gotten to take his platform is just because of the fans and i know like when i first auditioned for this paul i don't know what you're like when you got an audition for this was it an like a code name oh name? yeah yeah, yeah. You had no clue what you were auditioning for. I was the same way. Um, and I think my audition was maybe five lines. This was <laughs> oh, this was maybe five years ago. I think it was like five lines in the booth. Oh my God. It's in and off. And then a year later, I got an email at like 6.30 in the morning. It was the craziest, like just so unexpected that um, they said I had booked it. Um, and, you know, I, I had no idea that when I booked that just a few lines on the first game that yeah. it would turn into getting to do my own game with Zach of crisis core. And now, you know, getting to um, have a bit more of a platform in this game. And it's yeah. just like, it's, it's like a, it's something I could have never imagined for myself. And I, I still have those imposter syndrome moments of like, did they choose the right guy? Because, you know, you just, um, it's just unbelievable. And it's something that like, if, eight-year-old caleb knew um he'd be like he he wouldn't believe it i still don't oh, believe it. So, yeah it's pretty amazing were you were when growing up and this is a great uh, uh intro to this type of stuff but were you a big gamer were were you interested in final fantasy did that have a role <laughs> in your life at all or yeah so here's the thing i'm a terrible gamer um <laughs> i'm not really gifted at it um the having to like press keys like press controls while playing is just not my strength. My brothers are huge gamers. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of growing up watching them playing games. Um, now, of course, I'm very heavily involved in the story. And um, since joining the Final Fantasy world, my wife and I, um, we've been able to play the games, which has been an absolute blast. But um, no, honestly, as a younger kid, I didn't really know how to play. I just would watch my brothers. Um, but I also think that's something that kind of helped with coming to the Final Fantasy world is I didn't quite realize uh i came in with a bit more of just getting to play like in the audition because i didn't realize how big a thing final fantasy was uh which i think kind of worked in my favor in a way of maybe being a little um naive into just um yeah the impact of final fantasy (laughs) like if i knew today what i did now i think i would have been way more nervous in the audition booth um so i'm kind of i'm grateful that that was my path into this because uh, I think I would have just psyched myself out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a tremendous role, and the it's it's something that I think right now it's this kind of lightning in a bottle. The way that video games are becoming mm. 
mainstream and yeah. celebrity worthy and it's 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 larger than life and the gaming industry is larger than it's ever been before bigger than the right. movie industry so really this is kind of like the precipice i feel like of what what this industry has to offer to yeah. actors in a right. way you know like five years ago you're in a game like this you're not main stage comic-con in this yeah. in this fashion right. you know that's yeah. that's just not how it works but now yeah. it's so pop culture it's so mainstream mm. it's like you're really at the frontier of what the gaming industry and acting and hollywood i think that mesh is going to become it's insane and like you said five years ago you could have never predicted that um yeah but i just feel like i'm riding this wave and loving every minute of it but wait yeah. i have to ask you so being a huge fan of the game since you were seven you didn't know that you were auditioning for it when you went in or did you like were you able to pick I, up on the clues that i had okay, to final fantasy i can't well i think for my character because he was uh i think they might have had chocobo in the audition sides i can't okay. remember exactly but i think i i kind of knew <laughs> yeah. to a certain degree knew that was a dead giveaway <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, I had already worked on um neo the world ends with you okay. um which was a lot of the similar team that was working on on this game so yeah. i kind of had i was kind of piecing the puzzle pieces together for me right. and i also had to do a callback so it wasn't like they just gave really? me Oh, I had to audition and I had to do a callback. Okay, so, wait, so tell me about like the timing of that. You auditioned and then what happened? I, aud I auditioned and I remember, um, I think what I did in my audition is because um, he's, I, obviously there's no voice print for the character that I play, yeah. although he is a, a character that exists in the original game. Um, I definitely think I did him with a hard Southern accent. Like I gave him like... <laughs> I love like we're, that. We're gonna be riding. We're gonna be riding and rearing chocobos all the time. They're cloud, you know. Like I went pretty hard, and then I also gave them a version that wasn't as as far in that direction. Which is I a, love that. Yeah. So they were like, "All right, let's let's not go so far in in that direction." <laughs> and I think we found a really nice um, medium of of moments where he's a rancher, but he's not from the deep south. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you feel like like once you knew you had booked it, you were in the recording studio did you feel the pressure or were you able to just enjoy enjoy I, doing it i i i think if i both? hadn't I, a little bit of both and i'm curious what it was was for you when you first got in the booth too because i had done neo and i had worked with a lot of the same people like uh kirk and all the engineers amazing. Over at, at skylark so i i kind of knew a little bit of what that was in so i felt comfortable um yeah. and even with the localizers matt uh you know third like i got to work with people who i had been familiar with and so i wasn't as nervous it was so surreal to be mm. a part of the franchise and i was like over the moon ecstatic but i think had i done that first for me because i'm such a fan like you were saying yeah. i might have been like I, I don't know if i can do this i'm just a <laughs> yeah you know i'm just How gonna quit acting all together <laughs> i'm out yeah. yeah what about you for your first moments in the booth was it oh like my they, gosh you just well, found out right there and then or you got a phone call before that yeah so for the first game um i mean i auditioned like i had said i had auditioned a year prior um, so it's kind of, you know how auditions are like you audition and then you try as best you can to forget about it. Yeah. I'm someone that like, it lingers for me. It's really hard for me to forget about it. But after a year, I definitely been able to, like, <laughs> you know, um, move past it. So it was, um, really surreal of getting the email. And I think I, I this may be incorrect. Cause it was five years ago. I feel like I was recording like that very next week. So it was a really quick turnaround of once I heard <sighs> Um, I was recording and the team was just so welcoming, kind, friendly. Um, there was no, 
there was no pretense of like, um, there was no like arrogance. It was all just very collaborative and like, Hey, we're so excited, um, to have you here and, and welcome. Um, and then of course going in for crisis core, there was definitely the pressure of Rick had come before me and was sure. amazing in what he did. And so there was the pressure of feeling like, okay, how much of this do I need to just like copy Rick and honor him? And then how much freedom is there to bring uh, maybe a, a bit more of my flavor and version. And um, from day one, Kirk, who's amazing before we started recording came into the booth and just really gave me the freedom of like, Hey, you were picked for this for a reason. We want you to bring you and we're going to honor Rick in this. Um, and it's just going to be a fun, a fun time getting to yeah. discover Zach. So we actually in crisis core, we started recording a few scenes into the game. So that way I could really have a chance to find, you know, who Zach was. Uh, we did a lot of watching what Rick had done. Uh, we actually watched everything that Rick had done, which was pretty amazing <laughs> that they took the time uh, for us to do that and dissect um, his wow. take on it. And then we were able to, so once I, you know, a weekend had really found the groove and my flavor of in my voice of who Zach was, uh, we got to go back to the very beginning and go from there. So yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like it was just very collaborative. It was very, it was a safe environment. They were okay telling me like, yeah, we're not going to go in that direction for Zach if I tried something. But then they were also great at if I tried something that was a little different being like, wait, we actually really like that. Let's dive into that a bit more. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it, just, it felt very safe, um, but also like a place to take risk and to be able to fail um, and be told like, hey, this isn't the way that we're going and just kind of pick back up and try other things until we found um, found his voice. Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting uh, predicament the only way that I can really relate because you're taking on a role that existed in a certain to a certain extent in a thing and then you're putting your own take on it right. I had a similar thing with Neo where people are basing things off of a first iteration of a game and then you I was coming in for a sequel but yeah. I have to imagine for you you know you had a little bit of that pressure of like okay but where is the where is the line and that probably took some time to find yeah, like, right. how much are we going for and the fact that you got to watch that is phenomenal Kirk mm -hmm. is a great person yeah and I do believe and I hope you have come to realize this too you did get picked for a reason because yeah I think what you bring to the role is this youthfulness and this um he Zach really is this kind of golden retriever type of of, of character where <laughs> he he really sees the the uh, what life has to offer and he wants to be a hero and he and he finds protecting and honor and all these things that are so prevalent in crisis core through Angeal. but yeah. what you bring to the role which i really enjoy and i think i would love to hear your your take on it is that real youthful in it innocence of like almost like as like a 17 year old who's going into the military and they're like, right. All right, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm, I'm here to do something. I'm here to make something happen. I want to make something in my life. Yeah. Where do I go? And finding that inspiration through other people. Mm. Did you feel like that's something that you brought oh. that light, that light to the role? Yeah. You know what? I, I felt like, um, I was able to sit into what I brought in, um, honor Rick, but also realize that, you know, our, what we bring, we bring two different souls to the role, you know? Yes. And, um, I've been asked before, like, how was that adapting and bringing that puppy dog, you know, flair to Zach? And I feel, I kind of feel like I was just playing me, which yeah. was a real gift. You know how it is. Like, there's some roles that you get that you really have to, like, you know, okay, I'm I'm becoming this person. And, you know, like, maybe you go method or – but for Zach, I really just felt like um, he was just so easy to connect with because I saw yeah. so much of myself in him that I really felt the freedom to just sit into – 
who I was and bring that to Zach. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I, I have that same, um, that same soul as Zach as the happy go lucky, the always believe in the best. And, um, yeah. it was just a real gift to get to bring that to a character that I love so much, you know, yeah, um, he really yeah. is a, a glass half full guy. And I mean, you, he goes through the ringer in crisis core with every emotion you can imagine. And yeah. I mean, really, um, I'm just so excited. I mean, you know, without getting into the spoilers of what happens in the original game, really, mm -hmm. or the, um, uh, he, he has such an influence on Cloud, and he has been such in, so influenced by Angeal to see kind of like that torch passing thing that had happened in Crisis Core, and then to see the kind of like Cloud live out my legacy, like yeah. take you know take take this on and to sit, be like okay, well now how does this exist from here? Mm. It, it just has me so excited to see what further influence that a character that literally um, Cloud is. I mean, that's the end of Crisis Core. I mean, this is a spoiler. If you haven't played the game yet, please go play <laughs> yeah. Crisis Core. Mute the screen, but yeah, we're yeah. about to say it right. That ending scene in Crisis Core and the way that it leaves Cloud, I mean, we see it in so many iterations of Final Fantasy and Advent Children. We see it mm. in um, the end of, uh, of, of Remake. And then, yeah. you know, we just, we keep seeing that image, the way that impact, um, it's it's so important. Was that one of those scenes that for you that like, that you got to watch first and then you're like, holy freaking shit, like what am I about to do here? Yeah, that scene was one of the most precious to me, if not the most precious scene, um, and absolutely got to watch what Rick did, and we just took our time with it until we got we got there. You know, it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like, all right, we need to keep moving. Like, we really got to dive deep in there and just keep going after it until we found it, and I'm really proud of what we found Yeah. Um, in the story, you know, that we got to tell with that, and yeah, I just think it's just so powerful that, you know, your legacy, I mean, spoiler, but your legacy carries on even after you're no longer here, you know, yeah. and just um, just the perspective of what you're dreaming for now is going to have a lasting impact on generations to come. Um, I just think it's such a powerful story and just such a reminder, too, of our time is just so brief here, you yeah. know, on Earth, and but the legacy that we can have um can last way longer than that and just what a what like a powerful story and message i couldn't ask for a better project to be a part of you know yeah. you know how it is you want to be a part of projects that you um resonates with your soul and story and there's some auditions or projects that come through that you're like all right like you know i'll i i just really want to act but this was one that was just like i can't wait to tell this story yeah, the story yeah. is beloved by so many for a reason and it I think it can it has something for everybody in the universal thing of legacy and honor and pride and and having worth and influencing the people around you. Makes me curious, did you have uh, a mentor figure in your life or had you been have you been privileged at this point in your life to be kind of a mentor to anybody mm. that you know? Wow. Um yeah, so I have two amazing mentors. One's name is Scott Wernz. Shout out to Scott. And the other's name is Catherine Sullivan. Shout out Catherine. Um, but they're my two. Like, I just always loved acting as a kid and loved storytelling. And they were my two mentors that just really, Scott was my high school theater teacher and Catherine was my film and VO coach. And um, they just really saw something in me, you know, and spoke into that. And 
challenged me and pushed me and maybe I didn't want to be pushed. Um, but yeah, of just like knowing that I have a, a dream and had someone to push me into going after that is just so relevant to Zach's story, you know, I mean, and you yeah. need, you need that. You need a mentor who's willing to be honest with you that you respect. Um, but also, you know, can tell you like, Hey, you need to, you're going in this direction. You need to be going in that direction. Um, yeah. Yeah. And thankfully now, I mean, my wife and I both, we just have a real heart for dream chasers and people pursuing dreams. So um, every four months I work with a school actually, and get to um, just mentor some dream chasers out here, which is um, yeah, it's just so rewarding to now get to do that to like how someone did that for me you know? Yeah. You know, it's so crazy too. As well? Absolutely. I definitely have many mentors and I do some of my own mentoring as well through NYU, which is uh, my my alma mater. So I got to, I get to do that now with, with students who are leaving school, but um, it's so funny that you say, you just reminded me because you talk about dream chasing. What an analogy for the the character of Zach and literally embracing your dreams, pursuing acting in Hollywood. And I, and getting ready for this uh, podcast, I was looking at some videos of you and you've said this before. This is not like a new thing that you've talked about. You talk about being a dream chaser mm. in your life. I've seen videos of you of you saying that. And it's so crazy to see that synchronicity of the way that you, I assume, live your life chasing the stream of acting and Hollywood and television, theater and video games, everything to see that be truly reflected in a character to the point where that's like their motto, embracing yeah. your dreams, right. chasing your dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's too, why it was just so easy to connect with Zach. Cause those similarities of, you know, we're, we're, we had different, different dreams in a way, but sure. also <laughs> um, the same desire to see those dreams fulfilled. And um, you know how it is out here of the highs and the lows and riding the wave. And I'm curious, Paul, what keeps you going in the dream chasing for you? Like, you know, I when you I'm have, probably... you, you get off doing final fantasy you know, and get to tell your parents like, oh my gosh, this game that I played as a kid, I'm doing. And then you have dry seasons of just like, okay, when's my next job coming? What keeps you going through all that? I'm sure it's probably similar to a lot of yours and I'd love to hear your answer, but um, it, it, it's crazy because a, a certain part of it becomes when you when you create this career, and this is a great uh, tidbit for anybody who is an aspiring actor or they're already in their journey, is at some point when you make that transition to say, I'm committing everything to this and this is going to pay my bills, mm-hmm. you have a financial um, obligation to keep pursuing. And if you have a family of your own, like I have yeah. a bit of that myself. I have tons of animals. I have a partner who I help support and everything. Wait, and- I love this. How many it's, animals do you have? Uh, I've got four cats and a bunny right now, so it's it's a it's a it's a barnyard here. So we have animals. House. We have yeah. no pets. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, if you decide to get any, if you decide to get any cats or bunnies, definitely open book resource for you. Okay. Uh, but you know that's a part of it for me, and also just because I think as an actor, and I'm curious if you feel this way too. Even when you finish a job, it's not like um, it's not like your dream is to build a house, and you built the house. And the dream is over. Mm. The dream is constantly, I feel like for me, expanding my knowledge of humanity and the truth and constantly searching for more and more and more of what I have to offer to storytelling. And then it's also inspiring others to be like, hey, you can do this too. And also for me, and and I want to know more about you, 
please, this is a podcast about you. Um, um, wait, you know, I have a million questions for you. I, listen, I'm loving this right now. It, it's it's this dream is so hard. It is so hard and it's there there's so many people pursuing it it's so subjective yeah to give a little bit of light to the to the next generation of people that you can do it despite adversity despite whatever your challenges might be that's what it was for me i had to fight really through really hard times in my life to just kind of get seen and then to see like got a little glimmer of something that it is possible but it takes yeah. a lot of hard work how right. about for you how why do you yeah. keep chasing it i mean same thing i think um one you just have like I always hear, I've heard, yeah, I'm sure you have too. If you can see yourself doing anything else, do that. Just do because that. you're saving yourself the emotional, you know, uh, toll and the hardship that it takes. But I just, probably like you, I just can't see myself doing anything else. Like there's no plan B for me. I just love storytelling. Um, I feel like it's a connection even to the divine of just like, I feel like I experience God the most when I'm doing what I love and what I feel like I've been made to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, I just, there's no other option. I just love it so much, but I think the tough thing can be, you know, for anyone that's pursuing this is they see the, you know, that Paul's on final fantasy or that I'm doing crisis core, but they don't see the 120 auditions that we sent in before that. And we didn't hear anything back. Yeah. You know, I think I had been auditioning for VO maybe three years, like going to the booth, every time at my agency recording, doing the work, you know, um, and just hearing nothing back. Um, Final Fantasy was the first time I heard back. Wow. So I think there can be this maybe illusion of like you and me getting to do something as big as Final Fantasy. And it's like, well, I could never do that. But I think if you love it and, you know, you train and you you're willing to take the nose um, I just see it happens for the people out here that are just in it for the long game, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough to navigate. And it's definitely, um, you know, I think that's where the imposter syndrome can come in is even when you book a role, you're remembering all the times you heard no. And you're thinking yeah. like, did they make a mistake? Did they mean to tell me yes? And thankfully, you know, or, or at least with this project, you have a team of people that remind you of, no, yeah, we want your voice. We want you and what you bring. Uh, but yeah, that can be a tough thing as an, as an actor to navigate as well. Every job. And I was, ta I talk about this a lot with people. I mean, I think there, I don't think there's a job where I don't have, and I think it's healthy for a certain reason because it constantly right, I do too. keeps you in check yeah. to be like, all right. I remember the first time I did Neo, which I played the main character in that Square game. And I truly, I firmly believe after I left, <laughs> left that studio, I'm like, they didn't give me a second session. It's Wait. not, they're going to, they're going <laughs> to, wrong guy, wrong Paul Castro. You know Same. what I mean? Like, yeah. It, 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 every single time, and I think obviously there's a part of the imposter syndrome which become can become unhealthy, but I think that the part of it that is, like I said, worth taking away is that desire to do good work, to create good art, to tell the mm. truth, and to yeah. be the best version, to be what people um, deserve, you know, to, yeah. to give a product that is is worthy of consumption to a certain yeah. degree. Your, your, your truth, give that to the, to the audience. And I think um, it's, like you said, I think it's a healthy thing to have that because it means that it matters to you. Yes. You know, it means that you care so much about it that you want to make sure it's in the right hands. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a healthy thing and it actually makes you do better work because it kind of ups your game, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I love that. 
as an actor, I see you really, I mean, obviously with Zach, because that's, I got to consume so much of your performance through it, but I really see somebody and a character of somebody who's having fun, truly enjoying himself. And I see so much of what you're saying. You bring probably of yourself to the role, Mm. this enthusiasm, this light, this brightness, this fun. Um, And then I got to watch some of your other stuff and you, you really seem like an actor who can find the play, can find the fun, can find the enjoyment. Um, that one series you did where you play like one of those tech guys with the name of the show. Yeah, Insecure. Uh, Insecure, yeah. Yeah. You just have such a take on things that's so unique in the way that you deliver your comedy. Um, Where is that light, that brightness, all of this joy and enthusiasm that you have as an actor? Where does that come from? Or where does that come from in your life? Whoa. Oh my gosh. Um, I'd say first and foremost, my relationship with God. I spend each morning, like I was just, reading the Bible this morning of just, yeah, I think there's something about knowing that it, it, the picture is bigger than you. It's not about you, you know, it's about um, love and people. We always say in our home, people's the most important thing, you know? And so I think um, just having that reminder each day of checking in with God and being like, Hey, what is your heart for people? And I believe his heart is that people are amazing and are, are a reflection of him, you know? Yeah. And so even this combo with you, Paul, of just the encouragement you're sending my way. And I'm just, I, I feel like it's just heaven sent of, um, yeah. And so I think that's, that's mainly where I get it from. I think if you're looking to the industry to give you that, or even to people, people, you know, my wife's my best friend on this earth, but we disappoint each other, you know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, the industry, especially I, and I wrestle with that of finding my joy in, the industry and it's really yeah. great whenever you're doing something like crisis core or final fantasy and it's really tough whenever you've gone a year without working you know um yeah so i'd say it comes with that but you're the same way i mean you know just so engaging and genuine but you really care about people where does that come from for you uh well thank you and it's also very kind of you to share that and it's it's beautiful that you have that relationship with god and it influences you in such a positive and a bright way and i i I have to agree for me it's mine comes from man it is a tough question now that you put myself on the other side (laughs) of it um man that's great i mean what Uh, like first instinct where like your gut reaction yeah you know my gut reaction is growing up was very hard for me and I think through media to a certain extent or my friends, I had a lot of friends growing up and I would spend a lot of time in their home and their homes were always brighter than my home. And I always thirsted for, I'm like, wait, this is, this does exist. This light does exist around. There is brightness. There is purpose with community and family and all these things that I didn't have as much of that. And I really wanted to, bring that into my life into other people's lives um and storytelling tends to be a good medium to influence people wow. in that way so i never knew i wanted to be an actor and i would love to get to a, a circle back for you too i didn't find out i didn't find storytelling acting this whole journey until i was in college and it was oh like my the gosh. biggest it was the biggest blessing i could have ever had um and it changed my life um what about and what you're about doing that? it like you know yeah. you found it in college and you're doing it which is such a gift you know. I truly, truly, and I'm curious about you too. I don't believe I've seen some of the most 
from doing New York theater, I have seen some of the most fantastic actors I've ever seen in my life that mm. don't work all the time. It's a, it's a reminder that just because you are the most talented does not mean you will work. Yeah. And it also reminds me that you need a little something else to stay in this game and to to push through. You need that determination, that will, that perseverance mm-hmm. um, because it's such a difficult uh, career. Do you, in your life, where, where does that come from for you to Whoa. just keep returning to it? Yeah, I think a big thing is community, like you mentioned. I mean, you need people in your life that love you, whether you're on a show or working on something or whether you haven't worked in three years, you know, yep. or you've never worked. Um, and I think it's important to realize who those people are before you hit a big project, because, you know, everyone, everyone loves connecting when you're doing, when you're on the height of your game and you're doing something great. It's yep. the people that stick around when you're not doing anything that love you just for you, you know? And I think it's so important to have community like that, that one reminds you who you are outside of the industry, but two reminds you that you have a voice and a place in the industry as well. You know, Mm. um, some of my best friends don't do a thing in the industry, but um, I love them because they remind me who I am outside of that, you know? Yeah. Beautifully said. I think that's so important. A lot of people allow this industry, Hollywood's especially, and everything that comes with it to define who they are as a human. And it's it, that can become one of the most, I think, vicious cycles of somebody, especially with social media, is when your value is defined by your success or your public success, per, the, the perception that the the world social media has of success. And right. you don't see that in tremendous abundance because it is so hard to have tremendous abundance in this yeah. career. It is so competitive. Right. You see peoples who don't have um, a good understanding of who they are outside of uh, what the industry thinks of them really struggle. Mm. Um, so having a, a healthy relationship with who you are, the people around you, what your worth is, what your purpose is, yeah. that humanity and, and connection and community is kind of paramount to anything. Mm. If, if you don't have a little bit of that, I can find this industry very hard to navigate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And I actually don't know that the industry is doable if you don't have that. Yeah. You know, I see, I mean, uh, some people come out here and it's not for, for them. And that's absolutely just as valid as the people that are chasing it. But the ones that are chasing it, the ones that I see stick around have the community, you know, aspect um, for that. I'm curious for you, Paul, though, like doing something like, you know, all the stuff that you've done voiceover wise, what is the most rewarding part of that? for you is it being in the booth working with the team is it being able to talk about it afterwards to people that like what is it for you i think it's i think there's moments of reward in each one of those steps along the process it's hard oh that's a good way to put it to separate it because i think there's the excitement of knowing something beforehand and having the excitement leading up to that the research the preparation the getting Mm -hmm. to meet a team of people that are are excited about this that you're going to work on it and then in the process it's getting to find the part of this that I, I think probably you and I, we do this for is the experience and that finding the expression and the truth that we can offer to, to this role and finding stuff out about ourselves in the process of it. I think yeah, I learned right. so much about myself on each job I do mm-hmm. um, as a human and what I have to share and the things I, that are important to me. And then afterwards, it's it's celebrating with the fans and getting to connect with like-minded artists like yourself and people yeah. who are – that really have um, – a voice and have a way of expression that connects with the world because 
You know, we don't make, I mean, some people make art and they keep it in the closet and they don't share it, you know, but I think our right. industry as actors, it, it is to be shared. It is mm -hmm. to be um, experienced by others. And I love connecting with other people who are, are getting to do that. I've had the opportunity to do that. And I love that as much as the people who haven't gotten their opportunity yet to, uh, to do that. But yeah. I know to get where you are, to get where I've been, it takes a lot of something. It takes a lot of mental fortitude. It takes mm -hmm. a lot of something. And uh, it's th the thing I think I envy most about and I respect most about people like you who have, who have gotten to these moments of perceived um, societal success in the eyes of, of, of the world. So, <laughs> that um, was such a like beautiful way to phrase that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used any of those words perceived and societal, but you just made that work great. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I think it is. And do you agree that it is, you know, you said it in the beginning, you know, people see, they think they say, Oh, this guy just got Zach. Here we go. You know, there we go. That's easy. They don't see the auditions that went into things and they don't, right. We know that because we're actors. We know yeah. the game of what it takes to to get to that one moment to get that to get that win. And yeah. then we don't know what that win is going to become. Right. And, you know, we don't know the number that's going to get drawn to say that like that's the one I got. That's the one that's going to be the mm. big cataclysm that's of a success of everybody's uh, talking about, you know. We we don't know that. We just get lucky in that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's um yeah, you can't predict it. You know, you don't know when it's going to hit. I think you just keep going after it cuz you love it. And then you just pray that one of them hits, you know? Um, and even with, you know, looking when I got the email about crisis core, I didn't have a schedule of knowing how many sessions I'd have or what that would look like. It was really just a week by week basis of like, Hey, you're coming in, you know? Um, and thankfully it lasted a year, but I didn't know week to week how long it was going to last. And so I think it's just riding the wave while it comes. And then knowing that, um, you know, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last forever. Like that project, you know, we, we finished recording it and it's a sweet, probably the best memory I have in LA of, of working on a, a project. Um, and you enjoy that, but then, yeah, you don't let the highs become too high or the lows become too low. You just take life for the adventure that it is, I think. Yeah. You being know? present and yeah, uh, you be, and, you're, you're present in, in what you currently have and you enjoy it for what it is, but you don't, um, you don't stick everything on that because you know how it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it, I mean, you'll, you'll be way more disappointed than rewarded. If you have this idea that every single moment is going to be the exact same, your every video game that you work mm. on is going to be this huge high or every TV yeah. show is going to be this, you know, I I've done, I've worked on some projects that have gotten no attention that are some of the most rewarding acting experiences I've right. ever had. Yeah. And we just don't know what is the thing that is, um, the, the, that the public is just gonna you know raise up on the the chair and, and yeah be obsessed with right yeah and i think too it's not our it's not our job to determine that or to make that happen it's just we we just do it because we love it and then yeah. thankfully incredible people who love the story as much as we do come along and um give it a platform and a voice like with final fantasy and crisis core you know yeah. and that's that's one of the most amazing parts of doing this is when that happens where did you fall in love? What point in your life or what age or where were you where you fell in love with acting or the version of storytelling that led you to become an actor? Oh my gosh. Um, so I have two brothers who are amazing and are so supportive. They don't act at all. They played sports and my parents signed me up for soccer and I hated it. <laughs> that was me too. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to beg my coach. I'm like, please don't make me goalie. Please don't make me goalie. Yeah. Um, I think when I joined the team, 
the coach introduced me. He's like, hey, guys, this is Caleb. He's never played soccer before, but his brother has. So let's welcome him to the team. I'm like, hey, guys, it was just not my thing. Yeah. Um, and my dad took me to see, you know, that musical Joseph and the Amazing Tentacola Dreamcoat? Of course. Of yeah. course. My dad took me to see that. And I think I was like six, maybe. And just I fell in love with it. We went back three times um, to see it. And I think from then on, I just I've been in love with it ever since. Since six? And, since six. Yeah, I Did got you- in. Were what? you able to discern that the acting was the thing that you fell in love with or was it the experience? Oh, it was the experience at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I would be in my room, you know, playing the soundtrack to Joseph or whatever, Little Shop of Horrors or, you know, whatever it yeah. was. Um, and like blaring that, acting out every scene in my room with the door shut. And um, so, yeah, my parents were amazing at helping shepherd the dream. I got in classes when I was, I think, seven weekly classes and I never stopped. Like I'm still in classes now and I'm 30, you know? So, um, they just really helped like see that this is what I loved and, um, helped spearhead that. And so, yeah, I think it was just kind of since then, I just knew I wanted to, to do that, you know? And what, did you grow up in New York, Paul, or did you move out there? I grew up in Brooklyn and then my family moved to Jersey when I was around seven. And then I moved back to New York for school. So I spent more time in New York than anywhere. I love I love your life. Um, <laughs> I, I know that you didn't find that like as your career you knew you were gonna do it as career to college, but like as a kid, did you ever go see a show in New York and like did that resonate with you or did you not did you not ever do that? I don't think I I mean I had seen like some plays that my school had put on, but the type of environment that I grew up around, like in my adolescent teen years in Jersey, it was like if you were doing anything in theater, that was like the least masculine thing that you could be doing. Right. And it was yeah, it's made fun of and yeah, yeah, extremely shunned upon. I never could even have thought about that. Like any sort of like thing like that, especially the, the people I grew up around with is like that was, you know, you were basically going to another planet if you were to do that. In, right. in the circles that I were in and in my family. Um, and then but I think the first play that I ever saw. I don't know. I think I actually experienced it for myself first doing it, which was kind of interesting in a way. I, I had gotten the courage at some point to audition for, I always liked singing. I, I sang okay. in like a hardcore band. I like, <laughs> you know, that says a lot about who I am. I had a lot of screaming to do in I my life. I can see that. I can see that. And yeah. so I, I expressed things that way first. And then that translated into me loving singing and then eventually auditioning for a musical. Um, and then in school, I wound up through college. I wound up, seeing more shows and the first play i can remember that i fell in love with though was jerusalem with mark rylance oh my Um, gosh i haven't seen that it was it would that that to me was kind of that similar moment where i was like looking at somebody on stage going how are they what is going on here well how are they having this kind of influence on me are are they that like i didn't really right i I never really had the even even while i was doing theater i'm like getting chills while you're saying this (laughs) Wow. I, I didn't, I never really had that moment of being like, you could be an actor. Like it mm. wasn't until I had that moment where I was like, wait a second, that's a real person that's going to go home and go take a shower and right. go do their laundry. Then yeah. they're doing that at the same time. Like those mm-hmm. things never crossed for me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But you just remember the experience. And the experience for that. sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's the thing I you. fell in love with, with acting was just being able to have fun and, and, mm allow your vulnerability to be the thing that was rewarded because that wasn't the way it was for me in my life. Right. Being vulnerable wasn't rewarded, but you know, you go on stage and you have a monologue that makes people cry and people clap. I was like, 
whoa, mm. what's that about? You know, yeah. it was influence. Right. Um, and it was celebrated. Do- the things in your real life, you know, uh, I'm sure in Jersey, like the idea of, you know, you being vulnerable was not something that was like, hey, you should do that. No, you know? no, no, no. But no. then going and performing, like that's something that is is what we want, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. It's crazy. So how did your love evolve from seeing Joseph in the tech? You just decided I'm going to stay in classes. I'm going to go to yeah, high school you. and do it college. How did that evolve? Right. So as a young kid, I just got to start auditioning. Um, I got a, a local agent in Dallas and um, I, <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Well, I booked the first like commercial audition I went on. My mom <laughs> had spiked. I never wore my hair spiky, but my mom for the audition, like spiked my hair all the way up. It was for a Hasbro um toy commercial oh that's totally the vibe yeah (laughs) yeah right but it was surreal going into audition i didn't know about like the pressure of like needing to book or i just came in as me you know and um my parents didn't really understand the industry in the best way you know you would see at these casting calls like parents who it was actually their dream and they were needing their kids to do it yeah my parents didn't understand it the world really at all and that really was in my favor because there was never the pressure to book or any of that you know it was just like hey you love doing this yeah go have fun we'll drive you to these so um then getting to do that first commercial and like working as an as an actor i was like this is People do this. this is amazing. Um, so yeah, thankfully I just got to work on some things in Dallas and then um, started getting like close on some things out in LA. And I think it just, that just really set the dream there of like, I, I can do this and I want to do this. When you did know? you move out here? I moved out in 2015. Okay. So you've been here. So I've been here. Yeah. This is my ninth year. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it out here just as much as I did when I first moved out. There's something about driving past Warner Brothers Studios or, you know, um, Skylark or, you know, just any anywhere that we um, that work happens and magic yeah. happens. There's something about being so close to that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I love it out here. I wanted to get my degree. So I went to a small school in Texas and got my degree in theater. And then two days later, I was out here and um, homeless and just like. I need to make this happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was your, I'm curious. So when you moved out here, what was kind of the process of things? Like, did oh. you not have a clue? Did you like, I got to find roommates. I got to like get an age. Like how did everything kind of well, eventually fall I into place? Very few people out here. And I had booked a ticket to move out here. And if like two days before the person I was going to room with texted me, is like, Hey man, I'm no longer able to. Um, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, so I still had my ticket and I was like, I'm going out there. So I still left. I didn't have a place to stay literally when I landed. I didn't know when, where, or what I was going to do, but I knew, um, a few friends and one of them actually loved gaming. Um, and I called him and I'm like, bro, game night tonight. And he's like, yeah, come over. And like, as we're playing, I don't even remember what video game it was. I just slowly fell asleep on his couch and then the next morning I woke up, I'm like, I'm so crazy. Like I fell asleep on your couch and I went out to my car and just like bust out crying. Cause I was like, I don't have a place to live. And I just, um, you know, so thankfully that day, my older brother called me just to check in and I was like, dude, it's amazing. I'm in Hollywood. And then I just broke down with him on the phone. And I was like, actually, I, I don't have a place to live. And he was so sweet. Him and his wife called me um, back like an hour later. They're like, Hey, uh, I talked to 
we talk to each other and we want to put you up in a hotel for a little bit until you get things sorted. So um, it was just like thing after thing falling into place. My last day I had at that hotel, a friend from acting class had a space open up and brought me in with their crew and just, um, yeah, just things that I couldn't have. That seems to be kind of the story ball is just surrendering, saying yes, and just things fall into place. You know, it's yeah. the same with the Final Fantasy and Crisis Core is just being open and yes, not trying to force things, but just being like, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm here and I'm ready if it's um, an opportunity for me. And yeah, I'm really grateful that life has looked that way. That's so beautiful. And I mean, gosh, it speaks, I think, volumes about who you are as a person and and having those that that family connection and the the support from your brothers and your mm, family yeah. i mean it's uh gosh that's it, that's amazing and then to find the friends to to do that it's it is very much surrendering to surrendering to allow the universe to to mm. give you these things to or you know whatever it is uh, to 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 say to show to somebody like hey i need a place to live and if you can understand that you're taking this risk I'm, I'm here for a reason you yeah. know it's going to it's going to work out i'm going to make it work out and then you communicate these things with your friends your family god the world the universe right um you invite those things to 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 come to you i think a mm. lot of people they instantly go towards like that's it i'm giving up that's it the negative and they don't allow for um the light to be to to show them a, a, a way a different way or an opportunity to continue whatever those dreams might be i mean yeah i think it's i think you nailed it on the head you know i think of joseph in joseph and the amazing head of dream coat of he was sold into slavery you know um in jail for years and then ended up becoming number two in egypt and i think if you give up at the jail portion of the story you don't get to see the fulfillment of the Egypt part, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, I think that's a big thing is whatever the dream is, keep chasing after it. You need the community to remind you to keep going after it and to remind you that it's a much bigger story than just, I haven't worked in two years, three years. I've never, I haven't booked something yet, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think you nailed it on the head. <laughs> What about the parts? Can you be my therapist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, can you be mine? Because you, 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 yeah. your positivity is we'll infectious. <laughs> we'll just do sessions for each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. now it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What? What? I was curious too. Now, so you know, you fell in love with Joseph because the experience of all that yeah. stuff. What? What was it about when eventually you started performing and acting and you moving out to LA? What did it become within the acting part that really you fell in love with? Or what was it in the training that you fell in love with in, in the pursuit of booking jobs? Like, what is it about it that when you're doing your, when you say, I can't do anything else, what is that for yeah. you? I love Paul becoming someone else and seeing life through their lens. You know, I just, I find, like we said earlier, people are just the most important thing to us. And everyone has a different story, a different upbringing. You know, I find that um, for the most part, everyone's trying their best, you know, and it's easy to look at someone's life if it's not like yours and to think like, well, why aren't they doing, you know, X, Y, Z, or why doesn't their life look like this? And there's something about um, acting that really just develops this compassionate heart in you of you see that people are people, we're all trying to figure this thing out, you know, and it's just, it's a powerful 
thing to see life from someone else's point of view. You know, yeah. I think everyone should have to take an acting class in high school or college just to experience that because I think it would make people a lot kinder and um, yeah, just more understanding and compassionate to others. Yeah. Yeah. I, what about, I, I, what is it, what is it for you that like when you, when you get that audition and you see you're going to be going in for whatever, you know, ABC show on Thursday, um, is it the excitement of doing, you know, a big network show for you mixed with like, what is it for you? I mean, I think it's very similar to what you're saying. It's that opportunity to, um, especially when there's a piece of it that I can resonate with on mm. some level. Maybe it's not paralleled exa exactly, but there's a piece of the story that I really relate to, the the triumph, the um, overcoming adversity, whatever the thing is, when I feel like I can be a part of telling that. So it's something about just that connection of being like, I'm going to be a vessel in which a piece of this story, I love stories. Mm, I love, yeah. I love TV. I love movies. I love video games. I love books. I love story. And I think it allows us to expand our mind, to do the impossible, to realize that there's infinite possibilities to the way mm. that we can experience this world and we can all be heroes. Yeah. Um, I think that being a part of those stories always excites me the, the most. Um, when it's kind of like you're an exposition character on an episode of Law & Order, it's just about getting that network credit and getting the paycheck. So <laughs> it's not always that way. So I have to level and be real. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming in and saying the line like, do you want fries with that? Yeah. It's, not, it's a little hard to... Yeah, you know, it's, been, it's always been my dream to, to really <laughs> put the salt on the fries and to be able to show people how well i right. can communicate <laughs> do they want fries with that <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing um yeah i think that's 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 it and i think for anyone that has a dream especially doing what we're doing i just i from my end if i was able to for doors to open you know on my end i think it can happen for anyone because i'm from a small texas town I didn't grow up, you know, my, with like my family really knowing about this. It's just a dream that I feel like God put in my heart and um, doors have opened just by like what we talked about surrendering and saying yes. So yeah. I think the biggest thing I'd say is just for anyone that has this dream is if it can happen for me, I promise, I promise it can happen for you as well. Um, because even for something like Final Fantasy, I didn't go in, you know, knowing every detail of the game. I didn't go in being an expert player of the game. Um, but I, I brought me and my voice and, um, and it worked, you know, for that. And so, yeah, I think, um, I'd say just for anyone that's chasing the stream, please keep going after it. If it's what you need to do, because we need your voice just as much as we need Paul or, or my voice. So, um, yeah. What would, what would you say to someone that's like, maybe someone that's listening to this, that has the dream of doing this, um, what would be your advice or your advice to Paul? eight years ago everything you just said because you said it as beautiful as i could mm. say it's you you really um if you if there's nothing else you feel like you can do and it, i don't i don't think there's a mathematical equation you can say yeah for why we love this really it's right. really hard to discern the experience of being a part of the storytelling uh machine whether that's mm. on stage and in, in the booth um behind the lens in front of the lens whatever it is when you have that connection of storytelling, it's it's so hard to describe um, the feeling you get while doing it and the, the feeling of the influence that it has on people who get to consume it. It really, if you feel, if you have that need, it's like you just said, just keep chasing it because it's possible. Um, yeah. And, and it, it is tough. It is tough. Mm. 
and this is something else too for you. I mean, as much as I believe that the surrendering for you is open doors, you do have a really good talent. You're good oh, at yeah, this. You yeah. figured out a, a way of doing this, especially with comedy. Um, I've gotten to see more of your stuff. I mean, you've gotten to do, you've gotten to work with Anna Faris on mm-hmm. a sitcom. Yeah. You got to do the, the, the fairly odd parents, Timmy Turner, <laughs> yeah. you know, like right. I'm yeah. curious for you, how did those, how did you, obviously surrendering is a part of it and, and, and doing your best job, but how did those doors Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's a both and of surrendering and saying yes, but also being in training, you know, my teacher, Catherine always said, um, uh, there's talent and then there's skill. So some people, you know, have a natural talent, uh, but skill has to be trained. And, um, we always said at my acting studio, like skill will be talent when talent doesn't want to work on skill. Uh So, um, yeah, I think that there is an innate, you know, uh, a gifting of just, um, yeah, a, a talent and you have that as well, Paul, but then I'm sure, you know, too, that going to the NYU, me going to school for this is you need to learn how to hone that skill. So when you get an audition for, you know, fairly odd parents, you're going in and doing something different than if I was going in for a Grey's Anatomy, you know, yeah. and that's where the skill comes in is learning, okay, what am I playing with? And, and, and these sides, uh, or the script that's different you know, based on the genre. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's also bringing your natural talent, I think. And a big thing for me that's that's been a cool, just repetitive trend is, you know, with the imposter syndrome, I, I am a big personality. I'm a bit over the top. I just, that's just who I am. And, um, you know, when I go in for auditions, sometimes that's the feedback is like, yeah, he's a little like big for TV. Um, And there's times, you know, when I've had to adjust for that and, and shape my performance to fit the genre. But like with fairly odd parents, the character description was he's over the top, you know? And so some of these things like with Zach, um, he sees uh, life, uh, the glass half full. He's like a puppy dog. There's some things that come along. That's just a reminder of like, Hey, we still need you to be you, you know? And I think that this industry will try to get you to shape of like, what does casting want or what does this project want? And yeah, there, there is that in play, but there's also just the things that come along that just like fit you like a glove, you know? And um, I think that to me is a reminder of your voice is just as valid as someone who's saying that you're not the right fit for whatever reason, you know? I hear that stuff all the time. I've resonated so much with that note. Uh, I mm-hmm. think we're probably very similar in that way in the ways that we, Oh wait, uh, hang on. Let me, no, you're good. That was the dentist calling. <laughs> I had a dentist appointment on Thursday. <laughs> a dentist? You got the most great teeth. You got the greatest teeth I've ever seen. <laughs> what are they going to oh do? What are they going to do? You're going to walk in there and they're going to go, okay, you're good. <laughs> Just making sure those still look the same. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Wait, but what were you saying? Oh uh, gosh, what was I saying? No, I, I very much resonate with that type of note. I mean, one of the first TV notes I ever got from a casting director was, Hey, Paul, there's a camera here and a microphone. We can hear you. And I was like, oh, uh, because I'm I'm playing to the stage. I'm, the I'm stage. And, but right. I'm also I'm also I'm a big personality that yeah. way. But it's that has served me. My personality and my enthusiasm and explosiveness has served me more times than doing uh, like play it more seriously. Like if I see right. the moment and it's it's through my vessel, this is the way it comes out. I've seen more success interpreting the ways yeah. that I would interpret that versus like just do it stock like 
be stern and serious. Like stern and serious is different for every single person. Right. Explosive and happy is different for every single person. Right. Yeah. I had a, a teacher that um like compared it to ice cream flavors of let's say Paul, your flavor is mint chocolate chip. You know, you may have the best mint chocolate chip flavor, but if someone if casting's in the mood for strawberry, it's not gonna be yours anyway. Yeah. So you might as well be the best mint chocolate chip. So that way, when someone comes in looking for mint chocolate chip, like you're going to be the guy. 100%. And I love that reminder of just really bringing you serves you the serves you more than trying to fit this mold of if I had tried to be someone else for Zach, I don't think I would have gotten the role because I was bringing me and thankfully who Zach was and who I was really aligned, you know, um, and that's such a great reminder is bring you, you know, um, bring you to the role. Yeah. I think a lot of times artists, specifically actors, we think we need to be Daniel Day-Lewis and we have to mm-hmm. have this ability to be every and anything. And while that is a great aspiration, one of the biggest piece of advice, uh, biggest piece of advice you can give to a writer is write what you know, you know, bring yeah, your right. truth to the page, mm-hmm. tell the story that you believe only you or certain people can tell. And that's the thing that will resonate the most. And I feel that get, that's very similar for actors. While I want to play a talking frog with a French accent and <laughs> he, he has a hop and he only hops on his right. Back, that's your dream feet, role. You know, right. while I want to do that stuff, there's also a lot of, value in bringing the parts of me to those roles that I know allow me to shine through and make it unique. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can do their impression of what the specs are saying. They can yeah. try their best to do that. But what can you bring of yourself that is real, authentic, and true that is going to make whoever's listening to a thousand auditions for voiceover or looking right. at a thousand tapes say, well, that seemed that got me out of my seat for a second. Mm-hmm. What was the truth behind that or the authenticity? And it's often what is true about yourself? The thing that you're bringing to the role. Yeah. Yeah. It's the things that you see in the role that's true to you. It's, it's bringing those, you know, obviously if I'm playing someone who's like very sick in a Grey's Anatomy episode, I'm not going to bring in, like, I have a lot of energy, you know, like <laughs> that. So, you know, it's finding the things in the role that are like you and bringing those, you know, highlighting those things, I yes. think. Um, yeah. That's Wow. This was a great acting class today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that that's a lot of what we get from these episodes is, is learning from people who are like you, who've had tremendous success and wonderful opportunities and have gotten to to stand on the stage and to share their their voice and their talent, but also for the people who are like, how do I get there? And it's, mm. I think the thing, the reoccurring thing that I've learned after doing, you know, a, a year's worth of these episodes is that the journey is always different for everybody. Yeah, and, right. But the thing that I think recurs is that authenticity and being yourself and and the the roles will find you so long as you allow yourself to continuously be true and real yeah. and authentic. Um, because if you keep trying to be the version you think that they want you to be, you're just gonna be the fake at every mm-hmm. one of those auditions. And you're yeah, you're you're kind of crossing your fingers and saying, Can I be the best in impressionist of these adjectives and verbs that are written on the page? Right. Yeah. So and there's Right. And not every time that's going to hit, you know, bringing you, it's not going to hit every time, but when it does, it's just going to, it's yeah, it's so rewarding. And um, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know, is there an experience you've had? I, I usually ask this of all of my guests um, when I remember, is there an experience that you've had through this journey or in your life that has left a profound impact on you that kind of shapes 
who you are as a person or as a performer, or it's a piece of advice that you think people would um, resonate with. It doesn't have to be related to the career. It doesn't have to be related to the industry. It could be related mm. to life. Um, I've had people talk about their relationships with animals, their relationships with their parents, um, getting fired from jobs, whatever it might be, but an experience that they were like, I took a lot from this. Um, do you have mm. one of those ones that comes to your mind, like right off the top? Yeah. I think the first one that the the one that comes to mind is kind of in the similar vein of the fairly odd parents thing. But um, when I was in eighth grade, I was bullied for my voice hadn't changed yet. I just, I was developing very slowly, um, you know, and I loved theater and I was bullied for that. I specifically remember being at um, someone from my school, their like birthday party celebration. And there were some guys there that didn't know me that were making fun of just, you know, all of that, who I was. And um, it really, like I remember coming home um, after the the party and just, you know, sobbing with my parents being like, why am I this way? Why am I not, you know, X, Y, Z. And um, I got an audition that came through that very next day um, for a role. And in the description of the character, it said voice cannot have changed yet. And I just like the thing I was made fun of for was the thing that this project was looking for. And I ended up booking that role what? And it was the coolest, just the coolest kind of antibody experience of realizing like sometimes the things that people try to get you to change about yourself is the thing that we actually need, you know, for what you're pursuing. And so, yeah, my biggest piece of advice would just be like you, you know, whatever you're pursuing, whether it's whatever kind of art or just anything, you are built the way that you're built for a reason, you know, and you have these qualities for a reason and the world may not always see the gifting of that. But if you can stay true to who you are and not try to be fit a mold or a puzzle piece that you're not, um, you know, you're going to you're going to be fine and the right things are going to come along. Um, so, yeah, that that's the first thing that comes to mind is just the reminder of you bring you and that's enough. Yeah. It's your superpower. It's the, the, yeah. People like to, I mean, obviously, bullying is its own thing. I've experienced my own version of it as well in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's often a, a reflection of their own insecurities and, yeah. or jealousy, whatever it might be. And to not allow that to distract from the thing that makes you unique. You, that makes you, worth. you. Yeah. It makes it, yeah. you know, makes you, you. Um, what's the, what's the first piece of advice that comes to you? Uh, in terms of a story like that, I've said it, but I mean, Mine, I mean, the first one that came to mind, I don't know if this is necessarily the one I would share, but I, I've said it maybe before too, is I had an animal, I had this cat I actually made, and it's so funny, actually here, great, great segue to all of this. Um, I had a cat that I had for 12 days, and her we named her Eris and that's how much of a Eris which was the English pronunciation in the first game it was Eris instead of Aerith oh in my god we named this cat Eris um, wow yeah and this is over 10 years ago at this point now that we had this cat and uh we had her for 12 days and I had pets growing up but having uh the responsibility and influence of being like the caretaker for some another being um changed my life to understanding our influence that we can have not just on humans but also animals and um that we are all in this life relying upon each other and you might be the caretaker for somebody or something mm -hmm. and to give as much love and foster as much care as you can we have a very short time on this planet with people 
Um, don't take any of those moments for granted. Live in the now. It, it, it really kind of that experience having this cat for 12 days illuminated all these things um, to me on how, how short a moment can be, how important humanity and having a life outside of the industry is mm-hmm. and to have yeah. the love and, and to be a loving, caring and nurturing human being. Um, it turned me vegan, like, which is crazy. Like it changed my whole life in perspective. So, um, really just, um, sitting and, and, and understanding that a moment you might be having right now, like I'm having with you, um, Mm -hmm. really sit in that moment and experience it. stop and smell the roses. Um, take those mental snapshots, take those moments to really, uh, appreciate what's happening. Because I think, especially in this industry, something's happening and then it's gone. And you're like, what mm-hmm. the heck did I just experience? Mm-hmm. When did I record? Like, you know what I mean? How many yeah. times I've, I've said in my life, I'm like, I don't even remember like recording that. And now I feel like I'm trying more and more and more to allow the experience of working on something, find moments throughout the experience to have like benchmarks or landmarks of things of like, ah, I remember that day mm-hmm. I really uh, joked about this or on the drive there, I was listening to this song and I try yeah. to just be more present and mm. not allow this whole journey to be like, Whoop, what, what just happened? Oh, you know, where yeah. am I? How did this happen? Where, you mm. know? Um, and I think it's very helpful for interviews too. <laughs> when oh, um, you can yeah. recall things, well, you know, be like, that's resonating with, that's like advice I'm going to take for, yeah, just, just pursuing the dream. And I love that. Amazing. Dude, yeah. if you don't mind humoring me really quickly before we yeah. go here, um, Rebirth is almost a month away. Yeah. What is something, you know, obviously without uh, spoiling here, what is something that you are excited about with this game, um, whether it be from your own experience or just from the, the fact that this is the, the second installment in the series? It's something that people are so excited about. I think mm-hmm. people are going to obviously love to hear about this, but uh, what are you like most excited about uh about whoa i think um the best thing i can say without breaking any ndas is just that the story's not over you know i think that's what i'm most excited for is uh we thought that the story was over but there's more to it and i'm really excited for people that love zach as much as you know we do um to get to experience a new chapter in the story i think it'll be really sweet Beautifully said. Amazing. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, Caleb, what a wonderful way to uh, end this episode. It's been an absolute delight. It's been so much fun, Paul. Thank you so much. We should do this every day. Yeah. Like maybe let's every day at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get on, (laughs) do the podcast, right? (laughs) No, for real. I mean, this has really been one of the, uh, it's been a very honest and and fun episode for me. And I could not think of a better way of getting back into uh, the POX uh, podcast here this mm. way than with you. It really was. Thank you so much for your this time. So great. Yeah, thanks, Thank you Paul. for your art and your truth and your honesty and what you do and, and mm. bringing all the characters that you do to life. And uh, really, honestly, thank you so much for sharing everything you did today. Thank you, Paul. It was just, it was an absolute joy. And I really mean that talking dream chasing and, and all of it with you. So thank you. Heck yeah. Embrace your dreams, baby. Yeah. Embrace your it. dreams, Paul. All right, Caleb. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Okay. Bye. What a fantastic start to the second season here of the Points of Experience podcast. Truly, 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 Zach Fair is one of my favorite characters in all of the Final Fantasy franchise. He had this air of mystery and really being a hero that I resonated with. And I think Caleb really brings a part of himself that I see in myself. Um... 
as a teen or in my early 20s, kind of wherever Zach lives within that age demographic, he has that youth and spunkiness and desire to um, be a hero that I feel like I have in my life and definitely had at that time in my life. And I think that's why the character resonates with a lot of people. He really is the embodiment of chasing your dreams, um, having honor, and being a good friend. Um, what a what a wonderful guy. I, I really can't wait to see what's in store with us in Rebirth. I can't wait to see more from Caleb. Um, if you haven't checked out his um, stuff, he's been all over TV in a tough, ton of stuff. We talked briefly about uh, him as Timmy Turner. He's done numerous television episodes of things, worked on a um, couple of comedy series, which he's very funny at. So definitely check out his stuff. Follow him on wherever his social media is. I don't even know if he has um, Twitter, to be honest with you. <laughs> but we'll find that out and we'll link it in the description. And before you leave, please like and follow and subscribe. Leave us a review on Spotify if you can. And it's been a real, real pleasure to be back here. If there's somebody you'd like us to have on, let us know. Shoot us an email. POX podcast at gmail.com or info at points of experience podcast.com. Uh, thank you guys. Appreciate you. And we got more to come. Stay tuned. <laughs>